a popular approach these days in building cybersecurity is getting different organizations together to achieve those goals. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and joining me today is Tony Sager, Chief Technologist of the Council on Cybersecurity, who is trying to build community here at the Black Hat Conference and elsewhere to drive cybersecurity. Welcome, Tony. Thanks very much, Eric. Pleasure to be here. Why is community so important? How are you trying to get community to work to secure cyber? The notion of community, you know, you hear it a lot, but it's it's a kind of an elusive thing to get a handle on. The notion is, though, we're all really in this together, you know, not just in a bumper sticker, you know, rah rah way, but we're actually virtually, physically connected together, right? Using the same technology on the same network, and in a lot of cases, facing the same bad guys and the same threats. And whether you're government or private sector or large or small, you know, we all face that. So the issue is, well, why should we each try to solve this problem on our own? And in fact, we can't solve it on our own because of all the dependencies on technology and connectivities. If you don't uh, approach it that way, we'll never get there. And the older model of, you know, security is sort of the government's business, and from top down we'll, we'll mandate how to do this, is just not going to make it. It's too complicated a world, uh, too many differing incentives. So you have to think of this as how do we organize ourselves to take these problems on. Define the community you're trying to build. I'm working across a lot of the folks trying to build better operational practice as well as the people performing important jobs in cybersecurity. So the folks that are trying to secure their networks against the, you know, the mass market attacks, things that are, you know, hitting us in waves across the internet. And, uh, you know, we take a really broad look at the um, uh, uh, community to help us define both the right problem to solve the way to solve it and then how to put it into place. And so we, we touch, you know, sort of everybody in the threat business, intelligence business, uh, technologists, defenders, you know, researchers, uh, and the adopters, users of, of good practices. And the goal is to sort through that, try to find things that work. You know, one of our beliefs is that the, the vast majority of things that are happening out there are actually known problems with known solutions, right? I mean, a lot of these problems have been around since, you know, the internet has been around. And the, the challenge is uh, finding things that are working and using them as a way to learn to defend yourself. And part of what we do is sort of connect everybody together. So find things, validate them, uh, generalize them for better, broader use. Uh, can they be integrated in some other way? Or is it cost that's the barrier? Is it knowledge? Is this a formal organization trying to build, or is this the idea of getting different parties together so they can collaborate at certain points? You know, after I retired from uh, federal service, uh, about a year later, we started this nonprofit called the Council on Cybersecurity. The, the business part is very simple, right? Through so the generosity of several of the major companies uh, in this industry, pr provide a basic financial foundation. But we have no workforce. The workforce is about organizing volunteers from across the community. And one of the uh, beautiful things about this business. It's full of really, really talented people and lots of people of goodwill who spend lots of their professional days uh, volunteering for things like standards bodies and working groups and so forth. So what we do is provide a means to bring them together around common problems and look for things that need solving you know, my phrase is, the problems that no one of us should solve on our own. Okay, let's address some of those problems. What would you say would be the number one or number two problem that needs to be addressed now? Yeah, the one I'm focused on right now is what I would call a knowledge of threat. Yeah, you'll define that for us. I will. Uh, so here's the historical contracts, right? I started in the mid-70s in this business, so I'm, I'm a, a relative holster in it. In the 70s, from a government perspective and from a society perspective, government was really the monopoly service provider in security, right? The government's job was to save us from bad guys out there. And in contrast today, it was relatively simple. We didn't, we didn't think of it back then. We, we really only focused on one enemy back in those days. And we didn't really know much about that 
that enemy. So the way we thought about that threat to our society and to our existence is, uh, we know there's danger here. Hey, we're human. Uh, we don't know much about it. What should we do? Well, we should plan for the worst. We should assume the worst. We should design for the worst. We should build for the worst. Uh, you know, a lot of great ideas and great thinking went into that. But you can only afford to do that uh, when you've got lots of money, lots of time, and lots of control of the environment, right? None of which is true today. Today, there's sort of a mass market of, you know, bad guys, criminals, joyriders, nation states kind of swirling all around us. The big challenge today is that no one enterprise, or it's the very, very rare enterprise that has the people, the information, the resources to even keep up with this kind of flood of information. I call it the fog of more. Right? And so you've got the flood of information about threats. Uh, you can walk to a display floor at any major conference and see a you know, near infinite number of products and services and consulting services. Sorting through that on your own is, you know, from my view, near impossible for the typical enterprise. How do we help people think of that as a problem that, gee, why should I have to solve that on my own? A more concrete version of that is around just keeping up with all the great threat reports that are floating around the industry. So I've done a lot of work with the Verizon Data Breach folks. You know, they, they produce a very well-regarded, authoritative, based-on-data you know, view of what they have seen analyze it, summarize it, produce a great report, and so forth. You know, that's become kind of an industry now. You know, lots of major companies produce a quarterly or annual summary. Well, just keeping up with that takes quite a bit of time, quite a bit of skill, and a bit of understanding. You know, do we really expect every enterprise in the nation's economy to try and keep up with that on their own? Well, of course not. That doesn't make sense, right? We're, we're hoping our vendors will do that for us. You know, at the end of the day, threat intelligence is really interesting, but it's a means to an end. What we really want to do is take this understanding of threats to our economy, to our business, or whatever, and translate them into action, right? I want to put in place defenses so I don't have to read all the millions of data points a year. Oh, I'm still a little confused. Sure. So what will you be producing or what will you be doing in this collaboration with all these different parties of interest to provide something to the person who has to make those decisions in each enterprise. Excellent. Now, I'm the keeper of something called the uh, Top 20 Critical Security Controls. And that was a really a side project that started when I was at NSA with a few friends of mine. It's kind of taken on a life of its own. And, and what we were attempting to do there was look at the sort of near infinite number of good things to do in security, right? You, you can go to all kinds of sources, find long lists and catalogs of things that are good to do that will stop you know, certain kinds of problems. The challenge is the average enterprise can't do them all. In fact, shouldn't do them all, right? They should really try to understand what's really relevant to them. As I said, most enterprises can't do that. So what we did was try to prioritize within that big pile of possible things you could do, based upon the knowledge of a few friends on what bad guys are really doing to us today, let's pick the most important things and then tell our friends that, hey, if you don't know what to do, here's where you need to start. Not to solve every problem, not to you know, cure world hunger, but what you really need to get focused on to get started. I mentioned the Verizon board, right? Let me, before you get into the Verizon board, let's go back to the 20 controls, because I think that came out about six years ago. Is there any kind of evidence to support that these 20 controls work? Yeah, in fact, uh, I just talked to several uh, state CISOs who are keeping very close track on the kind of uh, incidents that they have. And they're going to provide us some data. We're going to write up some case studies around that. The origin of that was sort of the classical way we do this, right? We really do lack sort of a fundamental data model for security around the industry. It's such a complicated, multidimensional problem. There's no simple answer. So what most people do, and that's how this really started, you take smart people who really know what's going on, right? who track this kind of stuff, and you do what I would call retrospective analysis. You know, Based upon what we've seen in the last year, what steps should we have taken, right? the most important priority steps should we have taken that would have dealt with 80, 90% of this without even trying? 
And then people add to that, I'll say, some basic modeling and virtualization, right? They'll throw large numbers of samples of malware against a virtual test setup, and they'll say, oh, yeah, okay, these steps stop the most, and so we'll do that. So all that's been done. The Australians have some data around their top 35 that is exactly that. Uh, other government agencies uh, have done similar kinds of studies. So we've taken kind of those, and that's kind of gotten us to where we are today. The kind of precursor, the, the, the hint into where I'm going with this is the Verizon report of the last couple years. What we did was take one of the well-regarded authoritative data sets that's out there, right, the Verizon report and the, the lovely summary and so forth that they produced with that. And if you look at the conclusions and recommendations, what you see is, you know, uh, I'll cartoon it here, uh, based upon the data that we study, right, the work that we did, the data we study, here are some trends and summaries. Here are the categories of problems you should care about as reflected in our data. And then I gather volunteers and we work with the Verizon team before publication to map those categories of problems into the critical controls, which you might think of as really their categories of defensive choices, right? The kinds of actions you could take to help you manage those kinds of problems. So we do a mapping, okay, this type of problem is best managed through critical control one, two, and four, you know, that kind of thing. And then what we're seeing reflected in the marketplace is vendors advertising their products as implementations of one of the critical controls. And so what you get is a, what to me is a nice data flow from real data, summary of the problem, pointer into categories of potential solutions, and then uh, pointers from the marketplace, right? Specific choices I can make that would help me solve that problem. So that's kind of the basic model that I've been formalizing. What I'm trying to do is go a step or two beyond the, let's gather some smart people and kind of take their judgment as the right step, right? Start to build a data-driven model of that. Uh, we just finished a similar mapping with uh, Hewlett-Packard with their annual report. Uh, we're about to start on uh, similar work with uh, Symantec has agreed to do this, uh, McAfee has agreed to do it, and there's another half a dozen or eight um, that have already agreed. So the goal is look across at these rich sources of information that we didn't have before and start to, on behalf of the community, rather than expect, everybody, expect everyone to do that on their own, we will gather some brain power that's representative of you know people that understand offense, defense, technology, etc and do that as a group, publish out and give away to the public, right, these mappings from individual threat reports into uh, controls that will allow you to manage it. Uh, and that gives people then the opportunity to say, well, you know, I don't have a big threat organization, but, you know, we believe that the Verizon guys and the Samantha guys, for example, really represent a good handle on what should affect me, the, the threats I should care about. How can I translate that into action? What steps should I take? Well, we've already done that for you through a community process. Thank you, Tony. Oh, thanks very much. That's Tony Sager of the Council on Cybersecurity. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.